Thoughts Comics Now. comic book fans welcome to the sunspots comics podcast issue number 202 where i'll be recommending but only lightly reviewing the best of the new comic books that just came out on new comic book day wednesday april 3rd and this particular podcast shazam your phone's charged (laughs) i'm your friendly neighborhood host chris latori Thank you so much for joining me right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And right now, I'm actually sending you the power of positivity to you and to all of your loved ones, because that's what's most important. Do us a tiny favor. Hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Then check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And then follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube. All in one easy-to-find place at Sunspots Comics. That's right. That's us. And I always love to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Yes, you right now. Thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Whether you're just trying us out for the first time, or you're one of our loyalists, or just have been there since the very beginning, seriously, thank you for choosing and listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And thank you to my friend... Nick Papa George, he's the guy that sings our Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Instagram at nicholas.dell and his band called Solution. They're on Instagram, Solution underscore band. If you love feeling good when you listen to music and you like island style reggae that's kind of infused with rock, then you're going to love all of the sounds of my buddy Nick Papa George and his band called Solution. Please check them out and thank you, Nick. And also, Thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check out their huge selection of just very fun and nerdy t-shirts at popuptea.com. They seriously have a shirt for every nerdy thing that you can think of. (laughs) Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order, even the clearance stuff. So some great deals and go check out and thank you to popuptea.com. And now, now that I've got my trusty knee pads and my glove on, because it only takes one knee pad and one glove. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's make a superhero landing! Hmm, see? Perfectly safe. Didn't hurt at all. Right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 202. Starting out with some stuff! That's been floating around up inside of my nerdy brain. The first nugget of nerd that's lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobe is Shazam! My movie review of Shazam. Yes, I'm going to review it. Uh, Before I begin, of course, spoiler alert! But really, I am a spoiler-sensitive person. If you've listened to any of the podcasts that I've done in the past, I uh, am very sensitive to spoilers, so I really don't ruin the movie here, but I do talk about stuff. I really kind of spend more time on my reviews discussing how I truly felt about the movie, so it's more about the feelings there, so it really just kind of gets you going and gets you understanding what it's all about, but gets you inspired to see it, because I want people to pay and support these movies so we can have more (laughs) but just in case of course you've been lightly spoiler alerted this is the so now that i'm before we begin this is the second time i've talked about this before on a previous podcast that we've actually seen shazam on the big screen the first time was the 12 part black and white movie serial that was done in 1941 called the adventures of captain marvel so that's actually the first time that we saw shazam on the big screen was way back in 1941 but uh on to the movie so here first i have just some observations my wife and i saw shazam 
uh, April 4th, 4-4 at 4. And surprisingly, there was only four people in this giant IMAX theater. Well, maybe a few more, but crazy. There was very few people in the theater. That was a little surprising. And uh, when we got out there, there weren't any people lining up for uh, the next showing. Uh, there were no like mini posters given out. There was no little giveaways. There wasn't even any Shazam cups or popcorn tins. Usually this particular theater takes... They, they get involved in that kind of thing. They even sometimes have a comic book shop in the lobby. And they, they sell stuff, paraphernalia for the movie. The lobby was very empty. So I was a little just surprised by all of that. And the second thing I was surprised by was that there were a ton of Marvel movie trailers. <laughs> there was Spider-Man from Home, Avengers Endgame, Dark Phoenix. Nothing from DC. Even this, even the new Joker trailer which hit and people are talking about and wowed a lot of folks, which I haven't even seen it. So I was actually kind of glad, but then a little surprised that there were no DC movie trailers at all. Not even the Joker trailer for a DC film. So, odd. Just a couple of observations. But now let me get into the graphics and the special effects. I definitely have to give Shazam a solid A right there, especially in the area of flying. Flying is very tough to pull off in the movies, but they did it nicely. And Shazam also, the character himself, seems to be wearing like this muscle suit underneath or maybe a little enhanced CG to make him look really ripped. Uh, but it looked good. It looked believable. It didn't look too goofy. There were a couple scenes, maybe, in the in the heavy-duty sunlight where you're like, hmm. But they pulled it off, so that's totally fine. And creatures and the magic of magical effects were all very top-notch. I absolutely felt immersed, and I didn't wasn't taken out at any moment by any of the creatures or any of the sort of magical effect because that's what really Shazam is all about: is the magic. And it didn't uh, take me away from the film to where I felt like, ooh, that's kind of a cheesy special effect. So hats off in the area of creatures and magical effects. And you can also tell there were practical effects done here. And I really appreciate that. I, I basically, you know, our eyes can tell when we're looking at something that's computer generated. And we have to then lie to our eyeballs because we want, I want to love a comic book movie, but I didn't feel like I was seriously lying to my eyeballs, if that's a, a thing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it, it was very, some of the practical effects very believable and weren't so cheesy to take me out of the film. They were done respectfully and there were sets, you could definitely tell, like the Rock of Eternity was uh, mostly set, then, you know, helped out with some CG. I really appreciated that. So very well done. Sound. Always important in these superhero movies to have great sound. The fighting sounds are realistic. Punching is very important to me. I don't know why, but if punching sounds hollow or fake, then it just, again, takes you out of the film. Very well-timed punches. Flying sounds were fantastic. The magic sounds were actually really solid. Sometimes a lot of movies tend to go a little over the top with magic sounds. This was nicely done. It was just paired properly and not a little over the top. Oh, and when we heard the voices of the Seven Deadly Sins, these uh, statuesque gargoyle creatures that come to life, their voices were fantastic. They were loud, they were heavy, they were low and gravelly. It was just just well done, and it was I, I couldn't wait for the Seven Deadly Sins to open their mouths because it was just it was fun and creepy. I loved it. Monster mayhem. And visual nods. My goodness. Shazam, of course, is a standalone DC film. 
But they did a bunch of nods to DC characters, DC movies, DC paraphernalia. Mostly the character Freddy in, in, the, in the movie. He was wearing an Aquaman t-shirt. Uh, in the movie, they, he pokes fun of the King of the Sea of Aquaman, and so do other characters. I just loved that. It was a standalone film, but then it just felt like part of the DC universe in a positive way. So I really enjoyed that. It was refreshing. Even Freddy had a Superman bullet that he collected with a certificate of authenticity. And all these newspaper clippings of Superman. I loved that. These, he had a little Superman, a little container with the certificate of authenticity, the Superman bullet. And all these, it just was, it just was a nice nod to Superman. But maybe my favorite, no, it was my favorite nod to DC lore and films and so on was a battering was in Shazam. Yes. And it wasn't just a, hey, here's a, a cool prop uh, that I bought, or it's a whatever, it has a certificate of authenticity that it's a real battering. They actually used it in a scene as a weapon when it, 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 Shazam actually infused his own powers and stuck it into Dr. Savannah. Uh, Savannah. And that's just so very cool that a battering was actually used in a cool way in combining Shazam's lightning power. I just, I, I gotta admit, I just had a little nerdgasm right there. <laughs> it was fantastic. So, way to tie in stuff. Battering is there. There's more stuff. I'm not spoiling everything. Uh, Easter eggs. There were a ton of Easter eggs, so I can't go over them all. Go look them up online. There's a bunch. Mostly paying homage to moments or characters from the early days of Shazam. So, giving you a deep cut and maybe getting... These Easter eggs could maybe inspire you to kind of look a little more into Shazam and his lore and history. Like, there was the Burning Violin, which was from Marvel Adventures issue 46. There was uh, this Crocodile Man action figure that was on the social worker's desk. And then we see the crocodiles again when this Rock of Eternity, when they're in there and this door opens to another dimension and the Crocodile Men are there playing poker. So, fantastic scene there nodding to a, a a villain the villains the crocodile men in shazam's history oh ace chemicals in the background in one scene i remember seeing it uh where the joker was created yes um maybe another favorite of mine was when the wizard shows billy this holographic presentation of the former champion who we know is the black adam and it might even look a little like Dwayne the rock johnson who is attached to the role? I I hope it, I have to see the movie again, so if I can see that that hologram moment where they're talking about the former champion who was supposed to be Black Adam looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I I kind of hope so because I hope that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is still tied or attached to that the making of that film. Maybe it's the Shazam sequel. Who knows? But loved that Easter egg, and there is that's only ten percent. Honestly, I'm just scratching the surface of all the Shazam Easter eggs. Uh, moving on to music soundtrack. I was actually very surprised that there were virtually zero songs from musical artists that I can least remember that make like a, a moment very cool or just put an exclamation point down on a particular moment, uh, like Led Zeppelin in Thor 3, for example. That comes right to mind. Uh, but maybe Shazam just wanted to save a ton of dough and stay away from actual songs. But I'll have to literally go back because nothing stood out in my mind as like a modern day rap song or a, an older timey rock song or something that was placed at a perfect moment. It Nothing like that stands out. Um, 
But the score, the score, uh, speaking of, uh, was phenomenal. They, it was a little over the top, which I enjoy in the heroic sort of swashbuckling sound that they used in the score. Especially anytime you saw Shazam, it just kind of kicked up a notch and it had that dun 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 dun, like just this, this really like, here is the superhero. And I loved it. It was over the top, but I appreciate it. Hats off to the score. It's definitely one that I want to get later on and read comic books too. So I, I highly recommend getting the Shazam score eventually. It's probably already out on whatever. You can get it wherever music is sold, wherever that is. <laughs> and uh, moving on to acting performances. The two main important ones, acting by Asher Angel uh, as Billy Batson, and he was just very good, solid. He had to pull off being this angsty teenager that was getting into trouble, but it was done in a way that he was kind of breaking the law to find his lost mother, and it, he just was not too annoying to the point where you didn't feel he was, you know, he felt like he was unworthy of Shazam's power. It, it didn't feel that way. So hats off to Asher Angel playing Billy Batson. Tough role to pull off. Tricky, and he did it very well. And also to the staff, of course, that advised him upon this, uh, the director and so on. Uh, Zachary uh, Levi, Levy, uh, however you pronounce his name, he played, honestly, he, you know, he played the, uh, the, the kid trapped in a superhero man's body perfectly he had to sell it with joy in his eyes and it and it felt legitimate you could see that joy in his eyes when he's a superhero but he's a kid and he just captured that youthful look whenever like a, a cool moment happened being a superhero just like i said that joy on his face and on his eyes it sold the film if he didn't pull that off this might not uh get a as, as glowing of a review as it did and it is from me and everywhere else um and when zach was like running afraid you didn't get this feeling like it was a cowardly adult <laughs> running but it, it was a scared kid and that's that's super tough to do there's a fine line there right between looking like an adult uh, that's cowardly running and a kid that's just scared that has no experience in fighting magical monsters and stuff so he pulled it off perfectly and uh so just stellar acting uh, from the from the top two for sure and great acting from all the supporting actors i don't want to knock them down at all the orphans were very likable very believable and oh and it was very nice to see mr luthor uh, or Luth mr luthor's dad mr luthor uh dad from smallville john glover who was playing dr savannah's dad so it was great to see him another nod to the sort of the dc uh pack of actors so great to see john glover uh, again, the Mr. Luthor's father from Smallville. Great to see him. Yeah, I just it, I just enjoyed seeing him. It's like where where's he been? He's been somewhere. But there he was. Like great, he's still working. Fantastic. <laughs> and the story, again, you know, I'm I'm sensitive to spoilers, so I don't spoil too much. But it was a lot like the current Shazam comic book. So if you're reading that current Shazam comic book, you'll feel the movie is uh, they've spoiled a few things. Like there's a big surprise twist in the Shazam movie. And it was actually spoiled by the Shazam comic book. Um, but I still really enjoyed that big twist a lot. And the story is just fun. You, of course, are just seeing it through the eyes of kids, mostly. I love that. Just had this youthful, hopeful feeling to it. You will definitely leave the theater feeling good, full of just hopeful superhero goodness. Um, that That's what I promise you, you'll get. Uh, DC Cameos. There's been a bunch of talk. There's supposed to be maybe a couple of superhero DC cameos in this. Well, there's kind of one. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and end credit scenes. Make sure you stay until the lights 
are coming up, folks. Please, wait till they're sweeping the place. There are two post-credit scenes. One's kind of immediately after the little sort of song sequence. And then there's one way after all the credits are done. Because there's a large uh, digital production staff, folks. <laughs> Lots of words in the credits. But wait till the very end. There's a... One is funny, and one is leading us to a potential sequel. Fingers crossed. Everything's crossed right now. You can't see it, but I literally have all things crossed. So overall, I would give Shazam a 4.75, 4 4.50, 4.75, in that neighborhood, out of five sunspots. Yes, a solid A, like a 95.285%, like that. I will definitely see it a second time, maybe even a third. I could see that happening. And, man, um, in the theaters, by the way, I can definitely see myself seeing it a second time in the theaters for sure, maybe a third. And it is an absolute buy for me. That says a lot. I try to be very selective of any sort of media that I buy nowadays because there is a lot of media out there. This is an absolute definite buy for me. So go see Shazam! Your nerd heart will soar. I guarantee you. Go see Shazam! And another thing that's lodged up inside of my nerdy brain really good is a Netflix series that I want to highly recommend to you. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. I fell onto the series absolutely by accident. No one recommended it to me. I don't remember seeing any kind of people seeing it on social media, at least the people I follow, etc. So I'm glad I just found it. I'm glad I gave it a try. Again, it's called... Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. It's an animated, rated-R anthology series with 18 episodes. Each episode is between 7 and 17 minutes long. And each episode has a different animation style. From, like, a very cartoony to full live-action CG. And there's even one episode with two live actors that are mixed in with some CG animation in the episode. It's where this, this couple finds... Uh, that they move into a new place and they find their fridge, this old fridge that's left behind, is occupied by this miniature colony of people. Yes. So this thing is all over the place. Uh, overall, the body of Love, Death, and Robots is... Uh, it's its very violent, very gory. There's uh, even some nudity in it, so it's definitely very rated R. Uh, each episode's kind of... It t tells like an interesting story about how Love, Death, and Robots affects the lives of every character in each episode. I particularly love this one episode called Alternative Histories. It explores the possibility if Hitler was killed when he was young and like how the world would be seven different with seven different possibilities. And each one of those kind of explored. It's hilarious. Uh, I love uh, death, um, love death and robots. It's edgy. It reminds me a bit of the Animatrix animated series that I absolutely love, by the way. You should check out the Animatrix. But it's unique and each episode will make you think they're definitely conversational pieces. Um, it's a quick binge, just like I said, too, with 7 to 17 minutes and 18 episodes. So you can easily bust it out in a day. I want to say, you know, collectively it's maybe a couple hours, maybe under three hours in that neighborhood. Um, but it's it's like looking through one of my small, unorganized comic book boxes. It's like a little bit of everything. It's all over the place. It's full of surprises. But I highly recommend Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's even like a nod to comic books. It feels like a lot of them, a lot of these little episodes are just comic books that have come to life. So check out Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. And the last thing floating around inside of my nerdy brain... Is I'm actually creating my very own comic book. It's called Zombie Destroyers. 
And I'm so very proud of it. I wish I could show it to you. We're getting ready to release it. Issue one of Zombie Destroyers. The pencils and the inks are almost done. And I actually created Zombie Destroyers myself. I'm doing the writing and the lettering. And please follow the Zombie Destroyers team. We've got on the art a fantastic artist named Jordan Hudson. Please follow him at Skablad. S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. -D. Please check him out. And our colorist, her name is Caroline Nalasco. It's at Carol N. Art. So thank you very much to the Zombie Destroyers team for helping make my dream of creating a comic book a reality. So if you want to also just take a glimpse at what Zombie Destroyers looks like, the comic book that I've created, head over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. I posted three glorious colored sample pages of Zombie Destroyers. So check it out. Next up is a quick mention of the interview segment called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is where I share my conversations with comic book creators. Please check out this Spotlighting interview that's on the Sunspots Comics feed right now that I'm very, very proud of. It's a conversation with comic book creator, writer, and artist Daniel Warren Johnson. He created, wrote, and did the art for two of my favorite comic books. One's called Extremity, and the other one is Murder Falcon from Image Comics. Murder Falcon issue number seven comes out next week. I can't wait. Um, which, by the way, both of those comics have been top Sunspots comics picks of the week. Uh, but we talk about Daniel Warren Johnson's process of making comics, how he got into the comic book business, and just so much more. Him and I nerded out for almost two hours. Daniel Warren Johnson is definitely one of the... One of my favorite comic book creators. And I even played uh, two of his little metal shredding guitar tracks from his band called Bruticus. It's on the intro and the outro of that conversation. So please check it out. Give it a listen. It's Daniel Warren Johnson on the Spotlighting feed. I'm so very proud of it. Oh, and before I forget, check out Sunspots Comics Podcast issue number 196. I have two short interviews from this year's Long Beach Comic Expo. One is with Marguerite Bennett. She's the writer of Animosity from Aftershock. And DJ Kirkbride, he's the writer of Aaron Boys from Image. You gotta listen to those. They are two fantastic comic creators. So check them out and so many other great interviews. I've been just blessed with talking to some of the fantastic, some of the most fantastic comic book creators in the business. They're all on our Sunspots Comics feed. And by the way, if you yourself work in comic books or you're trying to break into the comic book business, Let's have a fun chat right here about your comic book on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. I do have to genuinely enjoy your comic book to help promote it. But please send me a message with a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com or message me at Sunspots Comics so we can set that up. I definitely want to do my part to help comic book creators out there talk about their comic right here. So now on to the Soul Stone the super-powered main event of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my comic book recommendations. I'm about to share with you my favorite picks of the new, brand new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, April 3rd. And again, just in case, to the people that are spoiler-sensitive, here is your super-duper light semi-spoiler-ish alert. But really, you don't have to worry. I am very spoiler sensitive, as I said. I really just want to inspire you to go buy these comic books and read them, so I do not spoil all of it. I never discuss the last few pages or the cliffhanger, I just leave that alone. And I only discuss some of the interesting points that makes up a comic book, because I want you to go out and read it. But just in case you've been super duper light, semi spoiler ish alerted. And before we get into the top comic books, let's. Let me announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. 
Every week, I pick what I believe to be the best of the comic book art of the week. So much great art out there. You gotta put your nerdy eyeballs on these right now, I promise. Promise, promise. You will be so happy that you did. So, this week's, my pick of the week for cover artist winner is Corey Godby of Jim Henson's Storytellers Sirens, issue number one from Arkea. Go ahead and follow him at his name, Corey Godbay. C-O-R-Y-G-O-D-B-E-Y. I absolutely love this beautiful cover. I always seem to gravitate to comic book covers that just don't look like everything else, like all the other comic book covers out there. This one most definitely stands out in the most beautiful of way. It's this dark green underwater scene of this beautiful mermaid with these lovely kind of giant goldfish that are swimming around her as she's also kind of encircled by what looks like this kind of giant sea monster, serpent, Loch Ness kind of thing. I just love it all. I absolutely love the very warm sun in the background and the bubbles that are just kind of sparkling throughout it. It's like staring into this wonderful, like otherworldly aquarium. And I just absolutely love the wide-eyed, very innocent, naive look on the siren's face. It's just all so beautiful. You gotta look at Jim Henson's Storyteller, Sirens, issue number one from Arkea. That is why, Mr. Corey Godby, uh, you are our cover artist winner of the week. Go look at it, folks. Jim Henson's Storyteller, Sirens, issue number one from Arkea, with art by Corey Godby. On to the artist winner of the week. This week, it also goes to the same comic book. It's Jacob Rebelka of Jim Henson's Storyteller, Sirens, issue number one from Arkea Comics. He may actually be a newcomer to comics. I wasn't able to find a lot of his stuff. I didn't do a heavy-duty cyber-stalking of Jacob Rebelka, but couldn't find much. He does have uh, his name sort of grabbed as uh, his social media tag, at Jacob. It's spelled with a K. J-A-K-U-B-R-E-B-L-K-A. Rebelka. But there's no posts, <laughs> so he's just kind of cyber-squatting on his name right now, or someone is. So give him a follow. Maybe there's stuff coming. Who knows? But Sirens is an absolutely beautiful piece of work. Each panel on every page is like this dark, lush fantasy painting. It's just, it'll make you so happy. Uh, Jacob has a very unique character design and style. It's like looking at an old English painting on parchment. And just the colors are so vibrant and rich and just lots of dark orange and dark green. The expression work is spot on. And you know exactly the emotion you're looking at, which is very hard to do. And he pulled it off just splendidly. Uh, one of my favorite pages is this almost wordless page. I guess it is wordless because there's song notes done and an actual like, like reading musical note with the bars and everything and music notes. But um, definitely my favorite page of, uh, of maybe one. There's so many. It's uh, the fisherman looking um, sadly uh, at his just lack of gold in this glass jar um, he's sitting there as uh, he wishes he could buy this ship that he's looking at that's in the bay that's near him and he's just it's just this longing for the ocean expression on his face that just sells that moment and uh, and this small seafaring town is only lit up uh, at night by these small bits of light that are coming through the windows of these houses that surround this uh, seafaring bay and it's just magical um, and uh, the other one, actually, with the song notes I was referencing, is this uh, is this splash page with a mermaid that's perched on a rock, 
and the ocean shore uh, is there and she's just she's on the rock she's singing and that's where the notes are and yes it's this kind of very little mermaid-esque moment <laughs> but that's fine i still loved it uh, it's just at night the moon in the background and it's just all these dark blues and these dark greens of the ocean uh, just looking very you know mysterious and it's just this beautiful singing siren that just sets this scene perfectly and and just exclamation points the very look and tone and feel of uh, sirens which again it's jim henson storytellers siren issue number one from archaea uh, jacob rebelka easily the artist winner of the week so thank you so much jacob i'm a big fan now i'll be following you forever again i love your style and your design uh, that is in sirens issue number one you got to check it out folks it's archaea comics jim henson storytellers sirens issue number one the artist winner of the week jacob rebelka and the breakdown this week i actually read a pull list of 13 comics not a lot it was a nice small sized week i love that and great stuff this week it was tough to pick the top picks um and only four of them made it to the great ones recommendation list just out of 13 only four made it to the comics i'm about to recommend to you that's right it's tough to make it to the sunspots comics podcast's top pick list it's tough to get there so you gotta buy these immediately and new number ones i actually bought five new number ones this week and only one of them no two of them made it to the top pick list so that's that's pretty good when you got five new comics and two of them make it to the recommendation list, that's stellar stuff. So definitely get those new number ones I'm about to discuss here in a second so you can just be in on all the fun from the very beginning and not miss anything. There's something special about that, right? So here we go. Here are my comic book recommendations. This is my list of what I consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, April 3rd. I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend you go and buy these at your local comic book shop today. Please support your local comic book shop. What local comic book shop do you go to? That's great. Well, for me, I support Comic Book Madness in Ontario, California. Hello to the owner, Lee, and to the manager, Jeremy. And Jeremy, by the way, is a buddy of mine. He's actually working on a variant cover of zombie destroyers issue number one yes the comic book that i'm that i created he's working on it as we speak so i can't wait to show you that he's got some cool design concept here and I'll, I'll show it to you when it's all done but check out jeremy again the manager of comic madness in ontario california check out his instagram he's a great artist at skeleton king 82 the number 82 and please support your local comic book shops today go help them out they need it now, like I said, there are four great comic books this week that I'm about to recommend to you. Here we go. Coming in at number four is Conan the Barbarian, issue number five. And this, by the way, has been a top comic book pick, a Sunspots Comics top comic book pick in the past. There's only five issues. It's at least been picked twice? Maybe three times, but at least twice that I remember off the top of my head. These are these glorious epic covers by Esad Ribic. He's fantastic. Just epic with Conan on a ship. And he's the, the, just the waves in the background look menacing and dark blue with this sort of gray stormy sky behind him. And he's just he's bleeding. It's just epic by Esad Ribic, who is just a fantastic artist. And this is written by Jason Aaron, who's one of the best writers in the biz. And fantastic, realistic, gritty, perfectly paired for Conan. Uh, Mahmoud Azrar is the artist. He has been an artist winner of the week in the past. So fantastic team at work here, folks. And Conan is on the high seas. He's on a ship by himself, which only Conan would be able to do something like that. <laughs> Sail an entire large ship by himself. 
but he pulls it off. <laughs> but this is just so much fun from, from page one to the very end. Conan is a pirate in this particular issue. He finds this strange artifact that carries like this evil curse. And maybe my favorite sequence is when Conan tosses the cursed corpses overboard and thinks, hey, I'll dispose of them that way. But the sharks that eat the corpses that are cursed, they the sharks grow these crazy pink tentacles and then the sharks are crawling up the side of the boat to eat Conan. And it's this epic battle between Conan and these cursed tentacled sharks. And it's just awesome. <laughs> you gotta see it. Some great splash pages in there. And I also love when Conan finally gets to see people. Like, it's mostly him alone, but there, there comes a moment where he's around people, and he's just, like, very talkative. He's, like, very happy to see people. He's like keeps telling them their story, or his story, over and over. And they're like, okay, they're actually bored. They're falling asleep because Conan keeps talking. He's a guy that ultimately says about five words a comic. So this is an interesting concept <laughs> that writer Jason Aaron is exploring. I wonder where he's going to go with this, talkative Conan. But Conan also kind of realizes that he... He may need people. He may he may not he may go mad alone. And that's definitely a, a, a new concept for Conan. Usually he doesn't care about people. He could be alone. He doesn't want to be around people. So maybe Jason Aaron is exploring a new area for Conan. I gotta see kind of where that goes. But in Conan issue number five here, this very epic episode of Conan on the high seas, this adventure as I was telling you. Um, it's it's actually a standalone issue. You can jump in right here and read this all by itself. But Conan the Barbarian has been so good. All f five issues have been top notch. So I definitely recommend you just read all five of them for Crom's sake. Um, but uh, <laughs> Conan the Barbarian issue number five is our number four pick of the week. It is uh, just so filled with Conan stuff. It's great. <laughs> so now on to the top three. Here we go. The big three comic book recommendations of the week coming in. At number three is Amazing Spider-Man, number 18.HU for Hunted. It's part of the Hunted series that's going on. There's about six episodes left, six issues left. It's not a giant uh, summer event. It's a nicely sized, small summer event of Craven the Hunter uh, versus Spider-Man. So they're making a big deal out of this. There, there are no crossover issues, which is great. So I really appreciate that. But there are these, these sort of in-between 18 and a half 19 and a half issues called Point HU for some reason for Hunted, which is fine. But this particular issue, Amazing Spider-Man number 18, is a standalone. It's all by itself. It's this crushingly sad but oddly inspiring life story of this character named Gibbon. He is a Spider-Man character that we just rarely ever see. And I mostly remember him being kind of a, a villain, but just not a very effective one. <laughs> just kind of a villain you laugh at. Like, oh, there's the Gibbon. He's kind of uh, this... Uh, this monkey man, if you will. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this issue. Really happy to read this. Gibbon kind of reminds me of Beast from the X-Men, like I said. But he's a little more ape-like with brown fur and, and not in any way a super genius. <laughs> that is Gibbon. But it's very, it's rare. And I love when event comics like this, The Hunted is the event, uh, explore a supporting character. They kind of take a break and they kind of give a supporting character like his own issue. And it helps us care about characters in Spidey's world, like Gibbon. And we really get like a three-act life story, beginning, middle, and end, to Gibbon. And it will break your heart, I'll tell you right now. It definitely hit me emotionally. I mean, Gibbon tries to be good in his life. He, that doesn't work. He tries to be bad, but he basically fails at that too. And he even tries to live a normal life. He falls in love. He settles down with this woman. 
and nope. <laughs> no luck for the Gibbon. <laughs> and I love when Gibbon remembers back to when he interacted with Spider-Man. Those are some key interesting moments because the Gibbon has respect for Spider-Man ultimately towards the end as to what he expresses. And uh, well, um, though in the third act when it ties into the hunted storyline, yikes is all I'm going to say uh, about Gibbon. Um, but this really, like I said, it got me emotionally. Uh, you really root for this character, Gibbon, and you just want him to have a better life. But Gibbon is not so lucky. Um, anyway, this is a one-shot you can read without reading The Hunted Event or any other Spider-Man issue for that matter. So get Amazing Spider-Man 18.HU. It's heavy, <laughs> let me tell you. And coming in at number two is Amber Blake, issue number one. This is uh, one of those number ones, brand new, debuting right here, debuting, and this is from IDW Comics, and this is uh, written by Jade Lagardier, I apologize if I mispronounce your name, an artist, uh, veteran in the biz, fantastic artist, Butch Guise, or Goose, Guise? G-U-I-C-E. He definitely has a realistic, gritty style. It's He has the most attention to genuine physics and realistic facial emotions. Just phenomenal. I love it. Um, but this is like the building of a better, maybe more modern 007. That's kind of what this all has the feel and vibe of. And the character Amber Blake actually looks like Jennifer, Colli uh, Jennifer Connelly and even Gail Godot at a couple times. Like even maybe a... The both of them merged together. They even could maybe do a little better work on the face consistency, but that's just a minor little quibble. I absolutely love the very realistic, gritty art style here. It just it reminds me of like Lazarus. Look at that and look at this. Michael Lark's art and Butch Guise. They're kind of in the in the same vein, in the same neighborhood. Very realistic. And again, very much high attention to real world physics. Nothing looks you know, out of this world or like a unique artistic abstract painting. No, it's just very spot on humans and, and done properly with respect to gravity and physics and light. It's just, it's phenomenal work. And my favorite sequences might be the the opening sequence, this snowy, uh, almost wordless opening scene where young Amber is sadly being dropped off by her mother, her very young mother, at an orphanage. And it's just this gripping, sad moment. Butch Guise does a fantastic job of capturing this devastatingly sad face on, on Amber's face and on Amber's young mother's face. It's just crushing, but beautiful at the same time. It really sets the tone and just sells the sadness, honestly. And I loved it for that. But we also just get a great origin story here. Great development of a new character that I think is interesting. We get to see... Amber conquer a very tough childhood in an orphanage for crying out loud and she does have some help thankfully from her BFF Amanda and they have these matching tattoos eventually which is adorable um, but both kids are super smart super intelligent and they get the chance to go to this pre prestigious school uh, for the gifted not X-Men gifted they're regular humans but very super smart people get to go to this crazy pre prestigious school but that quickly turns bad um, when this top executive of the school, kind of the one that even recruited them, is actually just, he's raping and killing young girls. Heavy. There's that word again, Marty. Heavy. <laughs> Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with Earth's gravitational pull? I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> after some rough time uh, that Amber has, living on the streets even, she's recruited by this secret organization 
that wants to end the world of evil men. I love this concept. I just love that. They're, it's not like an MI6 or, you know, a black operatives uh, secret agent kind of CIA thing. It's just a secret or organization that goes out to rid the world of hideous men. <laughs> and, I, and part of me actually hopes there is like a secret organization out there like that. That needs to stop these men doing horrible things like this. Um, but anyway, um, great debut issue. I f absolutely want more of this. They leave us hanging here at the end, which is a great way to get us all ready and fired up for the next one. But get Amber Blake issue number one from IDW. Jump in right here, folks. It's top notch and it's a fantastic origin story for what I, like I said, I consider to be like a, a refreshed, a different, a unique kind of styled uh, secret agent, Amber Blake. Check it out. But here we go now. On to the number one top comic book pick of the week, The Jedi Master. The king, the supreme leader, the number one top comic book pick of the week is Jim Henson's The Storyteller, issue number one, Sirens. It's issue number one of four, by the way. This is the cover art winner and the artist winner of the week. What a team here. We've got story by Bartos Sitzbon. I apologize, it's S-Z-T-Y-B-O-N, that's a tough one, or B-O-R, Sitzpor? Anyway, I think he's kind of new in the biz, I haven't heard of him before. I think he's in the Archaea world, though, I think he's written some stuff there. Art by Artist Winner of the Week, Jacob Rebelka, and fantastic, beautiful cover uh, by our cover winner of the week, Corey Godby. So, uh, it's a... It's a, it's a four-way winner here. It's a, at least a triple crown winner from all three, from the number one comic to best art to best cover art to best artist. Yeah, it's four. Um, that's crazy. Just phenomenal comic book. I absolutely highly recommend it. This is a lovely, lovely fairy tale with the kind of the overall the story of greed and selfishness. And just like all the other amazing Jim Henson storyteller series, there's dragons, giants, fairies, and witches. The story always begins with this old man telling stories to his talking dog in his beautiful, warm, kind of English-style home next to this lovely, warm, crackling fireplace. They begin every episode like that. It's You just want to live there, and you always can expect a bit of humor mixed in with like kind of a bit of a point to the story and, a, and a, like a moral to the story. And the dog kind of is a metaphor for like a young, naive child, and the old man is just telling stories so that the dog will be a better dog, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I love it. I absolutely love it. Every single one of these Storyteller series starts that way. And it's just become this love letter at the beginning of every comic. You can't wait to see the old man and the old dog sitting by the fireplace telling these crazy stories. And you can't also can't help but wonder if the old man is part of these stories. Is he the man in, in a lot of these stories? Maybe not. There's I've checked. There's like different eye colors for characters. I look at all the little minutiae to kind of maybe there's something that attaches the old man telling the stories to the people that are in these stories, but it, it doesn't look it it doesn't seem like that way. He's like the watcher. Anyway, um, so this I love this ep, uh, this particular ep issue. It's it's called the Mermaid and the Fisherman, and I love the adorable old English fishing town that it all takes place in. It's like a character within itself. And the people are all drawn in this unique style. I love that. Every person looks different. Every character has like a different size, a shape, a race, an age. I just enjoyed looking at every character and how different each person is in this comic book. That's part of the fun. You got to just stop 
and look at every single character because they're all different. It's a workshop of characterization here. It's beautiful characterization. Characterization. Um, that's just an accomplishment. That's hard to do. That takes a lot of time. It's the design here that's beautiful. So this fisherman uh, yearns uh, for more. He isn't satisfied with just his lovely wife and his, his, his lovely daughter. He just kind of feels that the sea is calling to him. And then it literally calls to him. <laughs> There's a, a mermaid singing on a rock. Um, so, you know, the sea is singing to him. Um, and maybe my favorite panel, there's a bunch of them, um, again, is the uh, the mermaid. Anytime the mermaid shows up. But there's a, a point where the mermaid is just singing to him, and he's just staring with wonder into the mermaid's eyes as, as the mermaid, the siren, is just singing. And there's this beautiful um, panel of music written out and music notes and everything. And it's just, it's beautiful. And so anyway, the fisherman is just, he's just greedy for fame and fortune, or maybe just an escape from what he considers a mundane life. He leaves his family. That's right. <laughs> In searching for the siren. I mean, his, he, he's, he's been, you know, he drank the strange siren Kool-Aid. He can't escape the song of the siren, but that's all I'm really going to tell you. I really want you to read this. I just adore the lesson, the moral to the story. And how it's told in such a beautiful painted style. It's it's a story I know I will not soon forget. And I absolutely love when so many things come together perfectly in a single issue of a comic book like this. Like Jim Henson's Storyteller Sirens, issue number one. Uh, I recommend you get multiple copies. Give them to people that you love. Anyone that will appreciate beautiful art with a compelling heartfelt message will love Jim Henson's Storyteller Sirens, issue number one. It's an A+. Plus. And I don't say that very often for the comic books I recommend. A plus, folks. So go get all of these now. So there you go. Those are my top comic book recommendations this week for New Comic Book Day, April 3rd. Let me go ahead and lock the comic book vault door. There you go. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy those comic books immediately. If you have any questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation, please email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. And to see the Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated in one place with all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, all in one place, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list and you'll see that I just updated my list of 90 comic book titles that I am currently reading. Yes, 9-0. That's a lot. Also, click on Top Comic Books of the Week to see all of my past top comic book picks. They're all there. I update my website every single week. I'm very proud of it. Go check it out. It's sunspotscomics.com. And also, thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts. They're based on cryptozoology. All you do is you open the HP Reveal app and you point your smartphone at your Cryptid Zoo t-shirt and they come to life. There's this crazy video presentation that you gotta see. And when you go to cryptidzoo.com, use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll actually get 25% off of any order. That's right, go check out cryptidzoo.com. And please tune in next week for issue number 203 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I will be reading on my pull list 20 new comic books for new comic book day April 10th. And of those 27 of them are new number ones that I'm definitely going to check out. And I hope they're awesome because I'll be telling you all about them. Some of the comic books that I'm actually really excited to read next week, April 10th, new comic book day, 
The first one that comes right to mind is Murder Falcon issue number seven. It's been a top Sunspots Comics pick of the week. It's been art winner of the week. It's been cover artist winner of the week. Murder Falcon. I highly recommend that. Aliens Resistance issue number three is finally coming out. Amazing Spider-Man Hunted issue 19. The event of the summer continues on. So I'm super excited about that. There's a bunch of new number ones like I was talking about, but Outer Darkness, love that science fiction tale about, it's kind of Star Trekky, but the fuel of all these spaceships are demons and gods, it's crazy, so it's a little bit of like, uh, spooky, go- like spooky ghost horror and sci-fi sci- Star Trekiness at the same time, Outer Darkness, I highly recommend it. So those are just a few of the comic books I'm excited about for next week, and don't forget, Our Sunspots Comics Pledge, we will read a whole bunch of brand new comics, but only recommend to you the greatest of them so you can save some time and save some money. And if you like that concept, please help us out. Tell a nerdy loved one about the Sunspots Comics podcast. Give us a five-star review, please, if you would. Give us a few positive words with that review. If you do so, it really helps us. And I'll actually give you a shout-out on a future podcast, and I will even mail you some comic books in this little comic book prize package I'm putting together as just a small token of my appreciation. And by the way, every link, every site, every person, everything I discuss and mention on this podcast, there'll be links to it all in the podcast notes. So go and check those out. I lay them all out for you so you can find quick links to the stuff I discuss. But seriously, uh, in closing, thank you so much for listening to Sunspots Comics Podcast. I seriously appreciate it. It means a lot to me that you check this out. And I hope you got a little positive positive juices, some, some energy, some excitement in the comic book world. That's what this is all about. So share that love out there. And like our good friend Stan used to say, hang loose, heroes. To be continued. See you next week. Comics now.